This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. Well, it's kind of hard to believe this is the 21st episode of Radiant Reflections. Today, Pastor Ryan Bibb and Pastor Josh Harima will be talking more about this last piece of the armor, prayer. This is a piece that is traditionally kind of left out when people talk about the armor of God. Well, Pastor Ryan and Josh will share more about this in today's edition. Here they are with the 21st edition of Radiant Reflections. Well, good morning and welcome to episode 21 of Radiant Reflections. It's Josh Herma, joined once again by my co-host, Mr. Pastor Ryan Hold on, I'm a co-host now. Yeah. Well, I think you've always been a co-host. I just, I was listening to a podcast. There is. I was listening to uh, At the Table with Pat Lanchoni. Yeah. And I was like, man, he always introduces, because it's always like him and and his guy, I think it's Cody. Like, they're like the two main guys on that podcast. Okay. And I was listening to that a week ago or something, and and I was like, oh, like, you know, they, he always references him as his co-host. Okay. Because they're they're kind of the staple guys. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going (laughs) to. I got a title, an extra title this morning. I'm going to reference Pastor Ryan as as the co-host. So Mr. Pastor, co-host. Ryan Bibb. Because you are definitely the host. You've been on every episode. I have, which has You're been the host fun. Dude, this has been this has been some of the most fun. Uh I mean this oh, whole has. honestly, so it, I'm like what uh a week and a half, two weeks away from being here at Radiant Life for five years. You just hit your five year mark, right? Hit it last week. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's really all of it has been fun. This has been some of the most fun. Uh here at Reading Life, yeah. doing this podcast. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's been a blast. And so, I hope the listeners and viewers are doing the same. Yeah. I hope they're having a fun time with it. Yeah, hopefully you guys learning and engaging like, uh, with it. kind of digging in and, and exploring in some of these things a little bit deeper. Uh, it's been a blast on our end. Hold on, can we do a disclaimer real quick? Sure. We are in our lobby. For those of you that are listening, even watching, we are in our inner lobby space. And the camera set there. But I am watching all the traffic that goes by. I don't know if you have yet or not, because we're staring at our busy road right there. And so, if you are watching, they can't see the traffic. No, can I they, can. What can I'm they saying the is, they probably they have a little reflection. But what I'm saying is, if I'm not ever looking at the camera, it's because I'm watching the traffic go by. Okay. I just wanted to give the go. viewers. Uh, <laughs> why is he like way over he's there? He's not looking? like ADHD. He's uh, he's just watching cars. Well, maybe that would make you. It's part of growing older. Is you sit and people watch and car watch now. Do you like ever shake your cane at kids as they run across your lawn? <laughs> Running across my lawn is a very offensive thing to do. Oh, there you go. Noted. But I try to have grace. All right, kids, don't run across Pastor Ryan's lawn. <laughs> he might shake his cane at you. But uh, no, episode 21 here today, uh, and this is based on yesterday's message, which was the last installment in our series, SWAT, Spiritual Warfare and Tactics. So Ryan, when you wrap up a series, what's that like? Do you feel relief or are you like, ah, like I wish we could do a few more messages in this series? What's that experience like? It's like kissing your baby goodbye. It's like, man, because you get, when you... (laughs) When you launch something, when you launch something, like you get uber excited, like, man, this is a series that I truly believe God wants us to walk through in this season and then um, see it go. 
It's, it is. It's like kissing your baby goodbye, but it's like you're birthing something new and you got a new baby coming up that you're just as excited about. And so uh, it's, it's uh, not to say emotional or anything like that, but it, 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 it is like, oh, I'm sad to see it go. But at the same time, I'm looking forward to what's ahead. I always got my eyes forward. But, uh, yeah, I really like that SWAT series. I could, we could have gone, honestly, I mean, some of you may, may sit there and go, man, eight weeks was too long anyways, or nine weeks, whatever, however long it was. Um, that's too long. I'm telling you, man, I could have gone another four weeks and pick at it at a different angle. Um, well, and, and really, I mean, we came at spiritual warfare from primarily from this angle of the armor of God. Yes. I mean, there's, there's so much there more. There are several different yeah. ways that you could approach yeah. spiritual warfare. Yeah. But yeah, wrapping up any teaching series, it's, it's it, but there's, I, I don't think for me there's relief because I love going to like this hill over here and feeding here for a little bit. But it's like this hill's been great, but there's another great hill over there now to go. Yeah. I guess, I guess relief would here. be more like if you, if you launch a series and you're like, oh man, this series sucks like <laughs> i don't know if i've ever which is probably, I mean, probably good there, if you've never had a series where you're like oh i'm just I'm i so don't, ready for this series to be done I, okay now sitting here pausing and really thinking i don't think i have been there yet and where we've i'm done like some long i series. can't wait for this to be done i don't know if i've sat there yet and have said that because here's the thing, no matter what a series is, we're in God's word and it's changing lives and I get giddy about teaching it. So I don't care what series we're on. There you go. I get nice. to do what I believe I'm created to do with passion and God's words, changing people, transforming lives. Man, whew. we'll sit on a series all year on spiritual warfare and tactics. There you go. Which, if you haven't heard the rest of the uh, episodes of this series, you can find those at the radiantlife.church slash media or you can listen to those on whatever podcast platform you're you're listening to us right now on. So you can go back and catch up on those. But now, so Ryan, here at Radiant Life, we we just wrapped up a semester of life groups, and our life groups went through the book of Ephesians. So I was really digging into the book of Ephesians, which obviously our, our, our spiritual warfare and tactics series was based on Ephesians chapter 6. But in, in, in when we talk about the armor of God, we kind of approach it from an individual standpoint. You know, like, hey, like, Ryan, you got to put on your armor. Hey, Josh, you got to put on your armor. You know, Sarah and Joan and, you know, Susie, you have to put on your armor. Mm-hmm. And we, we approach it from this individual standpoint. Mm-hmm. However, in Ephesians chapter 3, and I can't think of the verse. I think it's uh, verse 10 or 12, something like that. Paul references the heavenly realms, which we see that that wording show up again in Ephesians 6 when he's talking about mm-hmm. spiritual warfare and, and the armor. When he's talking about it there, he refers to the church, the church, like Big C Church, the body of Christ, and how they are meant to be a display to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Is there a corporate aspect of putting on the armor? Again, we've, we've historic. I mean, I've only ever heard it taught. I mean, including in this series, we, we came at it from a... Uh, how can I wake up on Tuesday morning mm-hmm. and put on the armor? Mm-hmm. Right? That's, the, that's the only way I've ever heard it taught. Is there, do you think, uh, a corporate aspect, a, a church-wide, whether you, you look at it from a local church level or big C, universal, across-the-world church mm-hmm. level? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yes. 
Oh, it's not just a yes or no answer. Well, I guess I guess I I, I should have worded the question. <laughs> what is the corporate uh, aspect of of putting on the armor? Well, we, I mean, we do have an indi- individualistic a- aspect to the armor of God. At the same time, there is a corporate aspect of we are the church. We as one, all of us collectively, we are the bride of Christ. And so there is that. There'll always be that aspect. And Paul hits it on other letters. Of saying, hey, the body's made up of many parts, right? And we know we all play our part within the body of Christ. And so the idea on the individual level is, hey, we got to make sure that every body part knows you got to put on the armor. Because collectively, when the whole body is, every part of the body has its armor, we're stronger. You know, here's a sports analogy. A sports analogy is, it's always been said, you're as good as your, your weakest team member. I remember when I when I went to Israel and got to study for two weeks over there, um, my mentor kept saying, our group is only as good as our worst, or not our worst, that's horrible to say. Our group <laughs> is only as good as our weakest, slowest person. You, this was in reference to like hiking up hiking. mountains. Yeah, so like what he has a daily agenda of, hey, we're going to go see A, B, and C, but that's my plan, and... Uh, if we can, we may only get to A. Depends on that weakest, slowest person here. Like if you can't climb Mount Carmel, then we can't get to B or C next. We may take all day just to hike Mount Carmel and see what Elijah did up here and get into his story because our weakest person, our slowest person, just couldn't handle that. Which then, unfortunately, for the group as collective then we don't get to go learn at these other spots and see these other spots because there's an agenda for the day and it just didn't get accomplished because there's an there's a whole nother agenda tomorrow that he wants to do and so i think it's, it's if you can put that analogy in the church world as well and say hey collectively we're only as good as that weakest person that 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 person that does not know so if 50 percent of the body think of a human body 50 percent's only got the armor on what <laughs> we're gonna get attacked we're not gonna be strong but if every individual part of the body has its armor on man how strong are we going to be able to stand up and attack or be able to withstand the attacks right i mean that's what paul says stand you got you got to stand because the attacks are coming and we're just stronger together i think that's but oh, i don't want to get political here but we have a very individualistic mindset. We don't think corporately. We think individual in your rights, in you, versus the whole in the body. I don't know where I'm going to go with that. Maybe that's, I don't want to go anywhere no, that, right now that's with a, that. That's a separate podcast. But I mean, you can you can hit on, and we've hit on it a little bit before. I mean, because yeah. that is that is something that we you know we we uh, come up against yeah. from time to time because that is a, a a different cultural element that we have. That you probably would not have seen first century Middle East. No, because before. no, first century Middle East was all about community and communal. I mean, they, they, they understood that, and, and we've lost it, especially here. Uh, I mean, other cultures in, in the world are great still at that. We've lost it here in America. Well, and you, and you, didn't, you didn't, probably didn't have, like, Peter, James, John run around thinking, oh, this is r- ridiculous. Like, the Roman government has taken away my... My individual rights. <laughs> so, well, here's the thing. We close with um, we we close with talking about prayer, and and the last part of the prayer also says pray for all believers, right? And so, normally when we look at the armor of God, we're only praying for us, right? In the armor of God, but Paul specifically says be in prayer for all believers. Is a there is a community aspect to it, 
Or Paul would have just said, hey, just keep praying for yourself on all occasions. That's fine. Go ahead. No, he specifically said all believers. And then Paul, of course, says, and me. Hey, don't forget me too, right? I'm in this <laughs> I'm, boat. I'm one of those believers. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> right. So absolutely. There's a huge community aspect, communal aspect to, to all of this. Okay. So in this last installment of the series, right, you, you sort of added Wrong. a piece of armor. No, 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 no. It was yeah. there in scripture. No, so so here's 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 the question though. Like so, when it comes to like studying and preaching uh, and teaching, like what is what's the line between? Uh, and I think you've used this term, right? Like holy imagination. Yeah. And uh, or you know extrapolating principles from uh, the cultural context that yeah. might not be readily apparent. Right, but but you would say, oh, hey, it's there. So, what's the line between holy imagination? Three three different things here to tease out: holy imagination, extrapolating biblical principles from context. So, it might not say something explicitly, but we can kind of imply from the context what's happening. But then the third thing would be like reading things into the text that aren't actually there. Because let's, I mean, let's be let's be real. I don't. I don't know that we've done that here, but I mean, th- that's where heresy comes from, right? When people read things oh, sure. into the biblical text sure. that aren't there, and they say, "Oh, this is what the Word of God says," and that isn't what the Word of God says. It sounds nice, like it sells books. I got to be careful. <laughs> well, yeah. well, but, we uh, twist things too. We 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 don't take full context of verses, also, and we twist. Certain things. Isn't there, a, isn't there a passage that talks about yeah, their itching ears or, you know, something? <laughs> like, God won't give you more than you can handle. Uh, where's that? That's right. Well, uh, so, so JB and I, a couple nowhere of, maybe in the, the last, Bible. <laughs> it was the last episode. JB and I were talking about cleanliness is next to godliness. Yeah. And, yeah. And doing a, doing a podcast based on, well, and we did the series that yeah. is in the Bible. Yeah. The Bible we did it last that, August, you know, didn't we? Like yeah, God never it said all, that. It all blends yeah. together. God, we, 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 we packed that. God said, yeah. yeah. But, so, like, with this message, yeah. right, like, yeah. how would you, you know, te- tease it out for us? Because you say, oh, hey, like, there's this other piece of armor. But but to to the to Joe Blow reading it, or even, you know, <clears throat> to somebody who's been in church forever, I'm not saying, like, Joe Blow is, like, this, like, ignorant individual. Yeah. But you read the text, and it doesn't look like there's any more armor. Sure. So sort of the spirit, boom, done. Yeah, and you're saying no. There's another piece of armor. Yeah. So te- tease that out, like your process, okay. and and then just in general. Okay. How when you approach the text, uh huh. Like how do how do we draw those lines? Okay. If that makes sense, I mean that's kind of a sure. huge. I'm gonna go somewhere. I hope this just answers it all. Okay. Um, Let's let's negate the armor of God altogether. Let's say we didn't even talk about the armor of God. We just talked about prayer. Would we say prayer is one of our weapons? Period. It's a weapon we have as followers of Jesus, right? It's a weapon we have. You could, I mean, yeah. You could say you that don't against always spiritual hear it. realms. It's right. a weapon. I mean, you don't always hear it presented in, in weapon right. form. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a weapon no matter if it was there or not in Ephesians chapter 6. It is in our arsenal to... Usher in God's kingdom. When we're, um, I'm going to take an individualistic approach. When we're under spiritual attack, it is a weapon we have. Um, so forget that it was even by the armor of God. So it's a weapon no matter what. Um, 
Here's how I look at text, and, and I've said it so many times before, is you got to look what's before the text and what's after the text, whatever chunk that you're looking at. And um, I got my handy-dandy bookmark. Oh, is that, is that Brad's? The yeah. Five, the, the six, five yeah. to six? Uh, so um, nice. one of the key <laughs> things is, is context, right? Context matters. It always is. And here are the things that you look at contextually. Now, to your average person, your average follower of Jesus, you're not looking at it this way. But, but we but, as, but can. And, and, you I mean, can, there are, absolutely. There are, there, are, yes. there are aspects of this that it doesn't matter if, you're a, if you've gone to seminary, if you've been to Bible college, or if you just started reading the Bible yesterday for the right. first time. There are, there are things that Ryan's going to talk about right here <clears throat> that you can utilize in your pursuit of, of understanding Scripture. Yeah. So, number one, look at cultural context. Okay? That's key. Looking at cultural context. We are in 21st America. Okay? 21st century. That's what I meant. <laughs> the biblical writers, let's just look at the New Testament. Let's just hang there. That's first century Middle East writers. Completely different culture to what we're in today. So you have to go back in time, if you will, and get the lenses of a first century Middle Eastern story writer and put on those lenses. The culture, what's happening in the culture? What, what, what is, that's what I love. Like, okay, what is going on in Ephesus? The church that we have, the letter of Ephesians. Did you know that one of the pagan temples, this is a cultural thing in Ephesus. Um, they had, uh, it was a city, they think about 400,000 people at the time of Jesus. Um, one of the, the pagan gods, a goddess, um, that was worshipped there. They were all over the place. It was a super pagan city. I like to think of Ephesus as like Las Vegas of today. It was just wild living type thing. It was a port city. It was the fourth largest at the time of Jesus. And um, so one of the one of the goddesses in Ephesus um, that was worshipped uh, raised uh, females above above males. All right. This is just, again. Is Artemis? I, I forgot who right, it that, was. That was one of the primary. But it was a ton of priestess and everything. And, and so it that particular goddess if you will it flipped the narrative of what most middle what they were used to in the first century where males dominated females didn't so then you look and you're like huh okay well now we know that the church is reaching these people maybe there's reasons why paul has to say something about women within the church okay now you're now you're talking within uh i mean that wasn't in the book of ephesians now in ephesians he talks about the the husband wife Oh yes, uh, yes, yes, know, yes, mutual yes, submission. Yes, yes, but yeah. he does in one of his letters to Timothy. This Timothy, is one of the kind which, of the go-to passages yeah. for basically. I mean, and okay, this is a this is a paraphrase. Like women, sit down and shut up. I mean, yes, I but mean, remember, Timothy's the pastor in Ephesus. Right, right. But I'm just yes. saying. I mean, so, so yeah, if yeah. somebody were to look through the book of Ephesians, they're not going to find this. Right, but it, it's still connected to right. But understanding culture yeah. can give greater light into a passage like that. Of, whoa, I didn't understand. I didn't realize that. But understanding culture. Here's another thing. Ge uh, geography matters, right? Um, look at geography. Uh, so when I study my Bible, I have a yellow, a, a yellow pen that I underline every location in yellow because geography matters. Why here? Why here? What's this? Um, you look at geography. Anyone can look that up. You can Google Maps and look up things. Like We have commentaries. We have things pastors turn to. 
Y'all just be careful. You can use Google as well and just search things too. Just be careful of the sources, but you can find out the same stuff that we're finding out type thing. It's nothing that we have this special library that only pastors can look at and lay people can't. No. Um, so look at that. Look at language. Language matters. Uh, literary. Your biblical writers are writing um, in... Oh, help me, Josh. They're... The, the, okay, I mean, there's actually, there's there's brilliant literary devices used throughout Scripture. Yes. But these were not, I mean, you, we, we sometimes think of the church, right? And we think, oh, well, like the disciples, and even in the book of Acts, right, it talks about how people were amazed because of the disciples, Peter, James, John, like the 12, were uh, uneducated, regular dudes, and you think, oh, they're well, idiots. They're, they're, you know, so they're, That's they're probably not super intelligent. Right. But you look at who actually wrote most of the New Testament. That was Paul, who was a crazy educated, like very well brought up guy. Like he was smart. Uh, I mean, so like you look at the literary devices he uses. You look in the Older Testament at, at the book of Psalms. This wasn't like some guy in his garage with his band, you know, writing punk rock songs, which I love punk rock songs. I'm not knocking punk rock. But I mean, but this, <laughs> there are brilliant literary devices used throughout Scripture. So don't don't read it and just think, oh well, this everything is uh, <laughs> exactly like how I would write things, um, right? Because I mean, you got Psalms. You have to understand the Book of Psalms is Hebrew poetry, right? Are you fluent in Hebrew I'm poetry? Not, I'm not. I'm I'm really nor not. am I. <laughs> so it's a different genre of writing altogether. The Book of John. Uh, you were there at the conference, I think. Oh, with, with uh, us. Gary? So yeah, um, John writes in a. Oh, how did he say term. it? But I it's know. almost like code writing, right? And, in and a he, sense, the he way, sets up the way things. he structures the book. It's yes. like he deals with. I'm going to. Hey, I'm going to take this. I'm going to deal with uh, these seven things. Then I'm going to deal with these seven things. And then I'm going to. I mean, it's very. It's it's not accidental. He didn't just sit down one day and say, "Oh, I think I'm just going to like write some stuff down." Right. So those are things that you all take into consideration when you're looking at a, a passage. Those are things that you, you got to look at all that um, and understand. But that's why you really, I, you, please hear of anything, you have to look. Here's, here's a big thing. Here's a big thing. You have to wear these lenses, but here's one big thing. I think we have to understand Judaism too a little bit. Well, I mean, Jesus was a Jew, our king was Jewish. He was a Jew. And also, you look, and, and we'll throw out, the cool thing about understanding some of the literary devices is they use cool words, like remez. <laughs> and Jesus is an incredible storyteller with a ton of remez. Which, unpack just for just for everybody. So a, re, remez a, remez, a remez means a hint. So he's always hinting. All He, he just has to say shema. And everyone would know, I know what Jesus is hinting at. I know that's a remez. It takes you back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's the Shema. It's the prayer that Judea, uh, Jews would say every evening and every morning and evening. But it's just a small hint. All he has to say is that. When Jesus sits there and tells, when Peter's like, I think it's Peter, right? How many times do I have to forgive, Lord? Yeah. Right? And... um 70 times 7 or 77, whatever your translation says. It's a remez back to the story of Lamech. 
and that whole thing in Genesis. Every Jewish person, again, you in the Jewish schools growing up, you would learn the Torah. You would memorize Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So when Jesus just says that number, it instantly would take you back. It's a remez to a hint to a story in Genesis, and you would realize, oh my goodness. So Jesus does that all over the place. I don't know where we were going with that. We're, ju- we're just talking about some of the liter- literary devices and oh, how, yeah. like, because un- you talked about understanding uh, Judaism. Right. Because part of that is understanding Jewish scripture. Right? I mean, because these are all things, you know, Jesus would make these references back here, even, you know, when, when uh, you know, when Jesus goes into the, the synagogue and he he's given the scroll of Isaiah. Right. right? I mean, there he reads a very brief portion of Isaiah. But but the people listening would have understood a much larger picture. Yep. So when he said, "Hey, today these have been fulfilled," like yeah. that would have been mind blowing. Everything that Jesus said on the cross is a remez. Right. Back to Psalm twenty-two. Back to Psalm twenty-two. Is. So all he has to say is a few words on the cross, and if you were there, you would immediately know of Psalm twenty-two, and you would it would take you back and understand the entire narrative of actually what Jesus is saying right now. But all Jesus had to say is a couple words. It's a remez. Right. So taking time to start to understand and even read, right? And, and I've been guilty of this sometimes, right? You and I, like we have had conversations years ago, like, and, I, and we would kind of tease each other, like, well, you're an Old Testament guy and I'm a New Testament guy. Like I would much rather camp out in one of Paul's letters than in the book of Deuteronomy. But you've always had like a, a much uh, better uh, appreciation for the Older Testament. Yeah. So let me give a, a cultural day moment, Ramez. Okay. Um, if I say, I'll be back. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking where, about. Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are probably like Terminator. Terminator. We know it. Right. So you're going like that. It's, it, right. those it, are, one, it, it's one, one phrase or sentence like brings to mind a whole boatload of other things. Yeah. If I said flux capacitor, <laughs> <laughs> we all know we're going back to the future. We're going back to the future, <laughs> like yeah, it's it's little things. I mean, obviously we're referencing movies, but little things like. But that. it's still something that's part of our a certain culture. Absolutely, that you can you can use a a, a snippet of, and it brings with it a whole lot of yeah. other things. So here's one last one. If I say nine eleven. Every every one of us watching or listening, you're brought back to that moment of September 11, 2001, where our nation seemed like an uproar. But what happened, we were all confused. But you know what What, what came in the few days that, that, that followed 9-11 was absolute unity of a nation. And so all I have to say is 9-11, and you're brought back there. And that's what Jesus does a lot. It, it, it's, a, it's a way that he does it. So you're looking at all those things. As, as, you, as you unpack scripture, as you're, as you're preparing a message, you're looking at so many different angles. Which, did but you it all matters. It? Did you hit on all six? Uh, you talked geography. You talked uh, uh, literary. You talked... I, I just don't want to leave everybody Historical. Like, you, you said six things. And I, historical. Like three. Did we say historical? Historical. There's visual and uh, literary. The um, same category a little bit is linguistic. Well, which the linguistic would be more of like here's you know in in our English language, right? Like we have oh love, we've got love, but in Greek, you know, you've got multiple words that they multiple would use words that we that love. we translate love. I mean, so understanding that the, the Greek or the Hebrew, uh, or I think what is it, 
Book of Mark or Matthew, one of those, you've got a little bit of Aramaic you know, thrown in there. So understanding that uh, basic language to get a better appreciation for what they're actually saying uh, is, is important. Yeah. So. so you use that all. You use it all to unpack, to try to craft your message. And I mean, you're really getting, this is like, this part of the podcast <laughs> is really getting into like what's behind the scenes as a pastor studies right now. Right, but I mean, with that again, for for the person listening that says, "Oh, well, that's not a piece of armor," again, and to like, the the danger is right. Like, I, I don't want somebody to like go to, go to your message and say, "Oh, well, that's not really part of the armor." Like, you're just yeah. making this crap up. Yeah, but you're here's, not. no. I mean, here's not. yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the last thing. Every commentary I had also had that piece in. I've never read a commentary that did not have prayer in the armor. I think we've just grown up. Like I said on Sunday, we just stop as soon as we read that last piece of, well, of the and, sword. And, and I've and, and I've we're always done. I've heard it taught. Oh, hey, and pray in the spirit. But it's kind of like a, it's like a footnote. Like oh, oh yeah. And by the way, just make sure you pray in the spirit on all occasions. Yeah. It's it's never given the same weight as yeah. uh, the armor. Yeah. Like oh hey, the armor it's important. Oh yeah, and pray in the spirit. On all occasions. Yeah. And by the way, I think I'll just throw this random thing in here right. also. <laughs> I've got a little more ink on my uh, quill. Got to throw that on there. So, good stuff. Um, so, power, power. You're looking at the. We're, oh, yeah, we got all yeah. kinds of time. Well, all you started late. I did start late. Just I did some, start late. So I don't know how long we've actually been talking. Five minutes. <laughs> but we have five minutes left. Probably like seven. Honestly. Seven. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me let me decide what we want to say. Okay. So you talked about <laughs> prayer and power, right? You used a Billy Sunday quote. Right, and uh, let me, I'm going to have to read it. Cause it says, if you're a stranger to prayer, you're a stranger to the greatest source of power known to human beings. Mm-hmm. We've talked about prayer before on this podcast, but maybe somebody hasn't listened to that, or maybe you want to take it from a different angle. What's the prayer power connection? Right? And, and, and then connected to that, what do we mean when we say power? Because we, you know, we might think of power as the ability or the strength or the authority to do yeah. something. Like oh that's within my power to do, like when we when we say that there's this prayer power connection, what does that mean, practically speaking? Um, I don't know what's going on with my brain today, but what was the first part of the question? <laughs> uh, just I mean, what what is the connection? You could, because you know you said hey you know, with this Billy Sunday quote, if if you're a stranger to prayer, like you're yeah. missing out on. Yeah. This huge yeah, yeah, yeah. source of power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so so yeah. there's this okay. there's this prayer power okay. connection. Yeah. Uh, so what is that? What is that? Right. Well, all power connection? and authority lie with God. Like it's all His. We're little people, <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, like we can't do this on our own. We need. Um, it's like, you know, we say with Jesus, uh, Jesus breaks change. He gives you power to to break from free um, or addictions and stuff, and gives it to release the change of bondage on your life. Like there is a spiritual element to it within the power. So it's not just like your own strength or something. But there, I think it's almost sometimes is we can't even put words to it. But what we try to do is try to we try to put everything in a box so we can understand it neatly and nicely for our human mind. And we can't. We can't neatly define everything and put our entire faith in a beautiful box, put a ribbon on it, and say, there it is. Because God is way bigger than that. We can't put God and how he works in a box because 
he does he does his own thing. But if we're going to win a spiritual battle, we have to go before the throne of God. And, um, and by the way, we can go confidently, confidently to the throne of grace that you can go boldly before God. And he's the power and authority in everything lie right there. It's yours. But it's we can't fight it. That's what I said on Sunday. We can't fight this out alone. By our own power, by our own will, by our own strength, you cannot. We need the power of God and the authority of God in our life if we are going to win these spiritual battles. It is going through the God and say, I need your presence. It's here now. Empower me. Give me your strength, not mine. Right? I think it's one of the reasons why Jesus prayed in the garden. God, your will, not mine. I need your strength and your power right now because my flesh wants to run away from the cross. But I'm going to surrender it all and live into your power and your strength and your might in this moment to do what you need to do right now. And too many of us, we're trying to fight these battles on our own power, on our own strength, um, on our own ability, our own will, our own drive, our own desire. And we can't. We can't. Because as I've said all along in this series, the devil, the Satan, Satan, the, the enemy of your soul, has power here on earth. Limited power. But he does have some power. All authority lie in Jesus, not the devil. And so we need, it's like tapping into that thing. It's like, hey, this thing's pretty useless, right? Um, when your phone dies, your phone is useless. You can't do anything well, besides I mean, throw it. It, it, it definitely can. You can probably use it as a paperweight. paperweight but it definitely I mean, what else, right? The way that it's supposed to right. function. So in order to get it to function the way it's got to function, you got to plug it into a source of power. You got to get that thing connected, plug that sucker in. It can come to life and do what it's supposed to do. That's the same with us. We're like the cell phone. We need to plug into God and have God's power, in a sense, if you will, travel that cord, come into us, ignite us, and let us live into our purpose of what we're supposed to do. So the thing, I, the thing I don't like because this is interesting. So I like I don't like the cell phone analogy because I think a lot of people actually live this way. They think, well, with a cell phone, I can plug it in for just a little bit, but then I'm good for a while. Oh yeah, I just get charged sure. up and then I go. Sure. Right? I don't actually need to go back to the charger until like I'm <laughs> I'm on zero percent. Sure. Right. And and I think a lot of us sometimes live that way. We think, sure. hey, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a couple of church services, I'm gonna get fired up, man. Whoa, yay, Jesus. And I'll, I'm I'm uh-huh. good for a month or two. Uh-huh. Right? And then oh man, whew, I'm fighting with my wife again. I'm you know, the, the kids are being stupid, like I should, I should probably go back to church. Uh-huh. Get charged up again. And then we're gonna go and go again. I don't know. Is there right. like a is there, a is there a better picture? Like I'm thinking like a like a. I'm lamp. just looking at that cord over there, and it was oh. plugged in, so that's what I used my analogy. Oh, Lay off just... me, Josh. <laughs> I'm thinking like a lamp, right? Like you got a lamp, right? Like your lamp won't work unless it's it's continuously plugged into it. And don't be all like, well, what about that's a not true like, because someone's got to walk over there and hit the button or turn the switch on. But it's constantly plugged into a power source, right? and you take it away from that power source, it's never—it's not going to be able to function. Sure, it can never. I actually don't like that analogy, Josh. That's all right. You don't no, have to I'm like kidding. it. Yeah, geez. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you uh, use. I mean, anyway, we need to be plugged in. We need to be plugged in. That's we the, that's need point. to be plugged in, and it's every day. It's not just like what you said. It's not just coming on Sunday and thinking you're good for the next six days and I'll catch my breath and get plugged in again next Sunday. No, every day. 
Remember, you're waking up every morning with an enemy that wants to attack your soul and derail you from the purposes of God, inflict suffering on you, lure away from you from God every single day. Right. The, the, the devil doesn't sit there thinking, oh, crap, they've got like three more days left on their charge before I can do anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> Better not mess with them for the next three days. Right. No. By Saturday, they'll be right for the pick. But, <laughs> but it's only Thursday. So Every day. Every day. That's why I, I'm, uh, man, I have been, and I said this at, um, here at Radiant Life, we do at eight. So every morning at eight, we get on to Facebook Live and do do a little devotion. I have been more adamant in hitting Start your day with a quiet time. Start your day in God's word. I am a more of a firm believer more and more and more and more than ever that every follower of Jesus needs to start their day that way. It doesn't have to be super long, don't get me wrong, but you got to get into the word of God, allow him to speak, start your day with the right power and not your own and begin every single day that way. Okay, so I want to I close with this, kind of related to that. Maybe you've got people, and I've had conversations with adults. I've had conversations with with high school students, with middle school students, uh, and and when it comes to prayer, people struggle. Like maybe they yeah. think, oh well, I don't I don't have the right words. I don't I don't really know where to start. I don't I don't know. I sound weird, you know, when I pray. Sure. Uh, like, what would you say to that person? Because we're saying, hey, uh, you you need to start your day with this, and you need to use this use prayer as a weapon. Yeah. What would you say to the person that says, I just, I don't have the right words or I don't know where to start? I would say, you're right. Your prayers are lame. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> okay. No, hear me. Hear me out. <laughs> because they're safe. And our calling in life is never to be safe. Following Jesus is a dangerous calling. And we back out because... We pray lame, safe, predictable, boring prayers. But what, but what would you say to the person? Who, they're not even praying the lame, safe, boring prayers because they, they don't even know where to start. Yeah. I'm, so what I'm doing right now as I say that is I'm thinking about my next Sunday message that I'm really <laughs> excited to deliver. Okay. So I'm trying to hold back Okay. There. Okay. Which, uh, um, by the way, I don't know when you guys listen to this, but, but this coming Sunday uh, we kick off our series, which actually, I mean, it's... It's not some grand idea we came up with. Right? We got to give credit where credit is due. Oh yeah, uh, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a, Is it Craig Rochelle? It's loosely based on Craig Rochelle's. We're going to recommend everyone getting that book, but we won't be going. It's right. a great add-on through word, this. Word, like like no, stuff, you you. It's a great additional resource through our Dangerous Prayer series. Right. Um, but here here's the thing. There, if if you're new at prayer and you're like, I just can't do this. Listen. Just have a conversation. Say what's on your heart. There is no scripted formula. Um, just here's the one thing I like to tell people. Just be real. Just literally say what's on your heart. You don't have to speak in Old English. <laughs> no, you don't have to speak in King James. You don't just literally. It's a conversation with your Heavenly Father. It's a conversation. It's got to start somewhere. Now, there's no time length. Now, granted, you can get scared with prayer because you've probably seen those super spiritual prayer warriors. You're like, wow, you're good. And I can't do what you just did. Well, was and that's it, was okay. It, was it Martin Luther? I think he would like spend three hours in prayer every morning. Kind of I do, I, man, I'm just telling you now, I've never spent three hours in prayer. Three consistent hours. Say after like I'm about minutes. five minutes. Like, yeah. And I'm like, my head is going in other directions at this point. Like start somewhere. And I always like start small. Just Make sure you're at least having a conversation. 
and it, just go to your heavenly Father in prayer. Just have a conversation. Say exactly what's on your heart. Say what's cons- what's what's on your mind. Say what is bothering you. Um, those type of things. Just start there. There's no scripted formula. There's no right or wrong words to say. I mean, you you have all sorts of prayer in scripture from those that are. Um, interceding on the behalf of people to God, for people of saying, God, I need this, um, from people the screaming at God and yelling, like, I, this isn't fair, God, why, type thing. It's all over the spectrum. And God can handle it, whether you're happy and joyful and going to him or whether you're angry at him. He can handle all your emotions. Just be have a real, honest conversation with him. There you go. Well, hey, uh, I encourage you, again, if you, depending on when you listen to this, to uh, check out starting next week our Dangerous Prayer Series. And I want to encourage you to come back for our next episode of Radiant Reflections where we will start to dig into our Dangerous Prayer Series messages. But for now, thank you for joining me and Ryan for episode 21 of Radiant Reflections. I want to encourage you to like, share, subscribe, rate, review, all of those good things to give us feedback, but also to make this podcast more accessible to a wider audience audience. We hope that this is a blessing to you and that this is something that God is able to use to help draw you closer to him. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.